franchise tag candidates. Should NFL teams tag them, trade them, or wave goodbye? We'll go through about nine names on today's edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Let's roll. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Football fans, thank you for tuning in to a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I am one of your local experts, Tyler Rowland, here with my co-host and local expert, Alex Clancy. We're going to be breaking down the franchise tag candidates in the NFL. We got about nine of the biggest names who could be tagged. Going to go through them and decide whether these teams should tag, trade, wave goodbye, and as Alex pointed out, extend is another possibility as well. So we are going to start with that. Before we do, want to thank you guys for making the Locked On NFL podcast your first listen every day, Monday through Friday, NFL content on all platforms, including Locked On NFL YouTube channel and your favorite podcast platform all year round and always for free. Make sure you get subscribed and stay subscribed to the Locked On NFL podcast for year-round free NFL content. But Alex, we got to start with the biggest name. I know the guys yesterday talked about Lamar Jackson's situation for a little bit, so we won't spend too much time here. But if you had to tag Lamar for one year and it would be $32.4 million on a one-year deal with the franchise tag, if you had to tag him, if you had to tag him and trade him, if you had to let him go goodbye, wave goodbye to Lamar Jackson, let him hit free agency, which would get you a third-round comp pick, surely, uh, or potentially extend Lamar Jackson. If you were the Ravens, what would you do? I'd tag him. Like, I don't, like, for me, I want a Costco sampler of what a contract year looks like with him at his best. Because here's the thing. Injuries are funny. And I'm not accusing anybody of anything at any time. But it's not an original story where players play their best in their contract year when they're going to hit free agency or they're going to want a second contract or third contract with the team that they're on to play out of their shoes. And the thing with Lamar Jackson is when he's been on the field, even though the numbers were down last year, you know, where, or two years ago, where, what was it last year where I thought he was an MVP before he got hurt. Maybe that was two years ago. Um, when he's great, he's a top five quarterback in the league top. Right. He is. It doesn't matter if he throws the ball or pass, runs the ball, whatever. I want to see what he will look like with their draft class, which everybody with everybody coming back healthy, with J.K. Dobbins healthy, with their 48 running backs in that system, even though Greg Roman's not there. Like, I would tag him and not even think twice about it. Like, I feel like that's the right move. What, what about you? Well, I, I think that you, you just, with the tag, I agree with your general philosophy if it was in a vacuum. But I think at this point, Lamar is kind of soured on the organization. And I worry that if you play him on the tag, you know, it, you're getting to a situation where when he does become free, like we saw with Kirk Cousins after playing on the tag a little bit, he's leaving for sure. And there's going to be no way to repair that damage. I, I think if you're the Ravens, you just extend him. 
I, mm. I think that it's it's oh. going to be difficult to find somebody better. Like you said, when he plays his best football, okay, he, he's one of the best in the league. So I, I think w- with that being said, now, if I had to choose between the original options of yeah. tag and trade or wave goodbye, uh, for me, I'm going to tag him and then trade him because mm. I think you could get like three first-round picks for a guy like Lamar Jackson. And I think that I would rather have three first-round picks if you're the Ravens, specifically because they're an organization who has shown they can make the right moves, make the right draft picks, rebuild, do what they need to do. If it was other organizations, I wouldn't feel as confident. They were a random fumble away from potentially beating Cincinnati in the playoffs. Right. You know, like they were, they're one of those organizations that it doesn't matter who's wearing the uniform. Their defense is going to be good. The run game is going to be good. And they're going to be in games. They're going to be competitive. So I, yeah, extend that surprises me. I thought that you were going to say, see you later because it's soured, but you would extend them if that's the option. Be like, Hey, this is us. We're going to figure this out. You're going to get paid a lot more than we want to pay you, but you're going to be our quarterback for the future. Okay. I, I just wouldn't let him play on the tag because either way, like, he's probably going to give you the same level of effort and commitment because he's on the tag if he shows up at all. And if he's going to do that and he's eventually going to leave anyway, I want to get some picks for him as many as I can. I think they could get a boatload for him from a team like Atlanta or New York Jets, for example. You know what I mean? Carolina Panthers, something like that. Uh, The next guy that we're going to talk about here is another quarterback, and it's Daniel Jones. And New York has a weird situation because Saquon Barkley is another guy who we're going to talk about a little bit later on. But if you're the Giants, what do you do with Daniel Jones? Yuck. <laughs> right. This is because, and I've been a Daniel Jones truther. I think that he's far better than people give him credit for. He's right. really taking a step up. This really comes into play. How much of a wizard is Brian Dable? That's what, mm-hmm. that's what the question is. Can he take Daniel Jones from where he was before he was the head coach? through last year again because the first one's easy the second one goes from where he was last year right. to pro bowler and if he's a pro bowler you still don't pay him 40 million dollars because he's daniel jones but if you tag him it's delaying the inevitable so it's really like if you tag him and they make the playoffs next year they flirt with winning the division or something they have a good offseason what are you gonna do you're gonna have to pay him that you're gonna tag him again right like this is such a mess because he's not worth 45 million dollars and Maybe he'll be the first quarterback who doesn't get more than the last quarterback who got the extension. Maybe we're finally going to overcorrect or like correct right the ship where it doesn't have to be the next quarterback gets more than the last quarterback who got paid. Yeah. Give him $30 million dollars a year. I'm good with that. I mean, that's that's 30% off what other quarterbacks are getting. Yeah, if, if he was going to take that, I would absolutely do that too. Now, we, we hear those reports that he wants – 40 million, 45 million. That's when I, I'm the Giants. I don't care. I'm taking a step back and I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm with you. I'd tag him and it's $32 million. That is about what I think he's worth. He's a $30 million quarterback, which people yeah. may bat their eyes at because it sounds like a big number, but $30 million is mid range for a quarterback at this point with Mahomes and Dak Prescott and what Lamar's about to get and Jalen Hurts is about to get and Joe Burrow is about to get. And Josh Allen's contract, like $30 million to $40 million is mid-range quarterback money at this point in time. So I would tag him. Prove it to me again, Daniel Jones. And I don't think that I don't think that Daniel Jones, because of the beginning of his career, is in any position to be as mad with the organization as maybe Lamar would be, who had won right. an MVP and won a playoff game in 2020 and stuff like that. So it, I, I'm, I'm tagging him as well. Yeah, and I know we're going long here, but there's one 
clear distinction also between Lamar Jackson and Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones got fourth overall pick money, his rookie contract. Right. Lamar right. Jackson got last pick in the last pick of the first round money. Yep. That is yep. a huge difference. difference. What is it? 10, yep. 12, 14 million dollars. It's a lot of money. Yes. So, I mean, that's a other huge indicator where like Lamar Jackson's like, I haven't got paid yet, yo. Yep. Pay me. Daniel Jones is and he's been better. Already. And it, he's been better. Right. Brian Dable saved Daniel Jones's career. Daniel right. Jones, that we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Lamar may have saved John Harbaugh's job a couple of times with his performances. So I do yes. I do think the situations are different, and that's why, you know, kind of view it differently. But we're going to continue, and we're going to talk about some more candidates. There's another quarterback who I, I think, you know, he's an interesting study, I guess, when it comes to this decision. There are some other p- players that we got to talk about, like Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacob. Jacobs. Well, so anyway, we're going to get into that in just a moment. Before we do, want to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we're really excited about the partnership. Look, guys, I know the NFL season is over, but this is the perfect time to start betting some NBA games. Everybody waits all year for NBA games to matter. Well, now is that time. You can do Point spreads, money lines, point scores. How many three-pointers a guy is going to make? I mean, there's so much stuff on there at FanDuel. And right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. Even if your first bet doesn't win, I'm going to tell the honest truth here. There's not much more in the gambling world that I love more than a single-game parlay in NBA. Big Lakers fan. LeBron to go over 25 points. Anthony Davis to go over 20. Anthony Davis over 11 rebounds. D'Angelo Russell, five assists, two three-pointers. Ruri Hachimura going over 10 points. All of that stuff, man, it it makes every NBA game so freaking exciting to watch. I don't think it could have saved the All-Star game, but luckily that's behind us as well. So don't miss this chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Locked on NFL Thursday rolls on. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. Tyler Rowland, Locked on Titans. Both of our podcasts, free and available on all platforms, Monday through Friday, your home for daily Arizona Cardinals and Tennessee Titans content, respectively, and on YouTube. We're rolling through franchise tag big names. Franchise tag them, trade them, let them walk. We've had two quarterbacks in the first segment. We went long, as Tyler and I like to do, because, you know, we like talking sports with each other. Geno Smith, mm-hmm. Tyler Rowland, uh, started yes. hot MVP consideration during the first eight or 10 weeks. The Like nobody had him having a better year than Russell Wilson on their bingo card. Geno no. Smith, Tyler Rowland, if you are the Seattle Seahawks, and I'm going to add extend here because it may be beneficial mm-hmm. for both sides, tag, mm-hmm. trade, extend, let walk. Well, I think that, and, you know, all of these conversations, it's about pointing out the difference in the circumstances. So differently than Daniel Jones, I don't think that Geno Smith and Daniel Jones are that far apart in terms of like talent and where they should be paid. But a guy like Geno Smith is going to feel differently about what he should be paid compared to Daniel Jones, who's 
coming off his rookie contract and saying, hey, look, I have this potential all the time. I think Geno Smith is in a place of, hey, I want to be paid, but I've been around the NFL. I don't want to leave. I like it here in Seattle. I like the coaching. I like the situation. So I think that I would extend Geno Smith because I think you could get Geno Smith for 30 to $35 million a year. And if you do an extension differently than giving the franchise tag, you give somebody the franchise tag, they're playing one year if they stay on the tag before the July deadline to get a right. long-term deal done. They're playing one year $32 million for a quarterback and a $32 million cap hit. I mean, that's a lot to swallow. If the Seahawks are able to extend Geno Smith, get that cap number down, even though he's getting $32 million or $35 million AAV, what, what have you, I, I think that would be the best situation going forward for Seattle. You give Geno Smith a, a three- or four-year deal worth about $35 million per year. You set it up so that the cap wow, hit you think is that about much? $20 million. Think yeah, for, I, I think that's the going rate. I, I remember, what that's was a it, uh, a couple of, of years ago, Andy Dalton got about 20, got $20 million for one season because that mm-hmm. was just the going rate for your – average quarterback in the NFL. Now he gets less now because he's more of a backup now, but I think it's more about the inflation of the quarterback pricing than it is that, you know, that number by itself. Like I said, I think that $30 million is the new $20 million for quarterback. So to me, you get Geno Smith about 30 to $35 million a year. You give yourself an out after two seasons. And I, I think that's a smart deal for Seattle to kind of keep the momentum going. You ready for the stat of the day? Yes. Daniel Jones has made $8 million more in his career than Geno Smith has. And Geno Smith has been in the league six more seasons. That's, that is insane. And I think that long-term security for Geno Smith mm-hmm. would be with his situation. He is not as hungry to get a huge payday. And I think he, he understands how important situation is because he's been in the NFL for so long. So I think that would put Seattle in a good position to get a, a long-term deal done with them. Two things, really quick, before we move on to, to position players. One, they need to make sure that it's because it's Geno Smith and not because it's not Russell Wilson. Like, they need to fall in right. love with Geno and not because, like, you know how a new head coach, like, somebody gets fired, the new head coach comes in, they win seven games in a row in the NBA every time. It's like this new right, right, right. It's about to happen with the Hawks. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, that's and that's what happened with Nick McMillan. That's how Nick McMillan makes money. He's seven and right. no whenever he takes over Indiana, Portland, Atlanta. That's what it's always been. And then you realize right. Right. now, Teddy Bridgewater is kind of a comp to Geno Smith, not exactly, but Teddy right. Bridgewater got three for sixty in Carolina, and that exactly, exactly, terribly. but that was a terrible decision. But Geno's better. That much money. He's got more natural talent. Sure, and he's got more leadership. Like I get it, but like. Giving Geno Smith three-year 90 mil with 65 mil guaranteed, I think is holding a little bit too much weight into what happened last year. Like, and that's, I, I don't, I would want to be Seattle, maybe draft a quarterback in the third round and see what's up. They're going to need backup. They're going to need a contingency plan in Seattle. Well, they could tag Geno Smith and then go to the draft, see if they get in a position to take a quarterback they that they like. And if they do, then they just let Geno Smith ride out on the franchise tag. Say they draft Anthony Richardson, who needs some seasoning. Uh, that that could make some sense for him. He's another athletic guy who kind of could be like Geno Smith. Uh, I, I think that that, that could make some sense. But, but either way, you make great points, and you don't want to get too high on one year of Geno when 
like with Daniel Jones, defenses didn't know what they were necessarily going to get. So uh, it may be a little bit of fool's gold there. But moving forward here, got some non-quarterback players. Want to talk about Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs, and we'll kind of put them together. If I'm the Raiders, because I'm getting rid of Derek Carr, I'm going to tag Josh Jacobs and keep him around. Because if you want to bring in Aaron Rodgers, if that's something that they're interested in doing, then you want to have the best cast possible around him. So I'm going to tag Josh Jacobs. Uh, the running back amount is is not too bad. Uh, they got running back here at $10 million. It's $10 million bucks. If it was more like it was a couple years ago, like $12 million, I, I'll give Josh Jacobs one year, $10 million. See if he can do it again and use that as a way to, to sell my franchise to, to Aaron Rodgers. Like... Remember the Kenyon Drake contract that they gave, which was ridiculous, but it was yeah. three-year, 20 mil with 14 mil guaranteed. It was something like Yeah, like, like $6 that. Million a year. I'd nonsense. much rather give Josh Jacobs that. Because, I mean, you know, like, if if he if he's going to want 40 mil guaranteed, be like, all right, you're going to get tagged, and we'll see if you do it again, and then maybe we'll waste a lot of money paying you yeah. when, you're, when you're beyond your – Josh Jacobs had an incredible year last year. It was the biggest anomaly in the NFL. It was the Geno Smith of running backs. We'd seen nothing like that up until this point from Josh Jacobs, where he's a true bona fide RB1. But tagging, that's a lot of money, man. Like, just to do it, I think that if he wants to be a Raider, if you can meet somewhere in the middle, he what was he, draft 16th overall? He got a pretty good rookie contract. Like, if you mm -hmm. give him 17 mil guaranteed over, over three seasons with an out in the third season, you front load it, I'd much rather do that if I'm the Raiders. Like, well, I, I don't know. It I think a comparable situation is uh, Derrick Henry. Yeah. Uh, the Titans tagged Derrick Henry, but they eventually got a long-term deal done. And basically what they did was they gave him $24 million in guaranteed money, which would be like if they franchise tagged him two years in a row. That way he got that guaranteed money and he felt more secure for two seasons, but they didn't like break the bank or give him any any commitment past that. I think the Raiders could do something similar, give him 18, you know, 19, $20 million guaranteed on a three-year contract that really is just a two-year contract, kind of like what you were talking about. I think that'd be an option for them. On the flip side of things, though, when you look at the Giants and you look at Saquon yeah. Barkley, if I'm them, I'm looking to trade Saquon. Saquon had a good year, but with the injuries, and Saquon Barkley is not like an every-down, grinded-out back like some of these guys. He is an explosive, home-run threat type guy, and I think because of that, I think you could get some good value from Saquon from like, the Buffalo Bills, the Philadelphia Eagles, if they would be willing to trade within the division. I, I think there are some teams out there that would take Saquon Barkley for one year, try to make it work, and just load up. That would be the move to make if you're, if you're the Giants. I'd trade Saquon and try to get some value back. Yeah, that's really tough because when he's good, he's great. But he's much more of a Kareem Hunt than a Nick Chubb. He just is. Yeah. You know, in yeah. like the first team that came to mind and the only team that came to mind as a trade partner before Isaiah Pacheco went nuts was the Chiefs. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world that you trade him. Buffalo. You just pay him for a year. But Buffalo, like Miami, there's, some, there's something wrong in Buffalo. They have too many good players to not have already made a Super Bowl. Regardless yeah. of all of the circumstantial things, they or they don't need any more good players. They've got good players. It's something else. The innards of that organization, there's something amiss. Like, if I'm, like, I don't know, if you let Dalvin Cook walk, maybe Minnesota looks him up. Like, maybe. any team could use Saquon Barkley. That's the point. So if you want to tag him, like, 
but he's going to want 30 mil guarantee. He's going to want to get paid, even though he got number two overall money as we're going back and forth with rookie scale contracts here. Like any team could use Saquon Barkley. If I'm the Giants, I'm trying to figure out a way to where he doesn't want 40 mil guaranteed and keep him. Like, unless you can get a first round pick for him, which I don't think is possible, right? I just don't think that a running back, especially a high pick, is going to go for a first round pick. I just don't see it, especially with his injury history. Yeah. Yeah, so, I'm with you there. Well, with that being said, we're going to move on to the next group of players. We got some offensive linemen, we got some defensive players to get to as well. Before we get into that, dude, just want to thank you guys for making the Locked On NFL podcast. Your first listen every day. A little technical difficulties here and there, but I know you sorry, guys are, are making it through. But uh, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, Monday through Friday, NFL content on all platforms, all year round, and always for free. All right, football fans, we are going to cap off this Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast before a, a windstorm takes Alex out completely <laughs> over there, worried about him ending up in uh, the Emerald City at this point. But uh, moving forward, we've talked about the quarterbacks. We have talked about the running backs. Franchise tag last year, he's been one of the best left tackles in the NFL for quite some time now. I, I think it's pretty obvious that, that Kansas City is going to extend him. They need to extend him. Uh, if they don't, they need to tag him because Kansas City cannot afford to lose their stud left tackle, especially coming off a Super Bowl appearance. Do you disagree with any of that? No. He needs to be the left tackle for the next 10 years for that team if he's healthy. Like, yeah. that's just yeah, absolutely. They it out. Dear they God, it's like he's always healthy. The dude's missed one game in like five seasons. So yep. durability is a big key there. Another guy who we want to talk about here is Evan Ingram, the tight end. From Jacksonville, look, Evan Ingram had a good season, but for me, this is a goodbye. This, If he wants too much money, I'm not tagging Evan Ingram. Uh, the cost for a tight end on the franchise tag is like $11 million. I think about 7 to $9 million. Look, Evan Ingram is not a good enough blocker to be considered a complete tight end. He can only work in certain offenses, and when he's asked to do certain things, I like Evan Ingram a lot. The guy dropped 42 points in a big game for me in fantasy football, so I'm always going to have love for Evan Ingram, but I'm not I'm not committing $11 million to him for one year from Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is the engine there, not Evan Ingram. I think you could find another tight end, especially in a good tight end class in the draft, and, and find a way. If it's me, I'd let him go goodbye if he's not willing to agree to an extension. I'm not using the franchise tag. Yeah, that surprised me. I'm extending him. I'm giving him a, a three-year deal, 40 mil, 25 mil guaranteed. Like, he was – that was the first guy this year where he and Trevor Lawrence was like, oh, oh boy, they're cooking in Jacksonville. Like, right. things are humming. Like, right. sure, Christian Kirk, because it's easier as a wide receiver one, but Evan Ingram had by far – not only his healthiest year in his career, but his best year, hands down, no doubt about it. This is what people thought they were going to get in New York when they drafted him. What he was top twenty, right? Like yeah. he was, a, he was a high draft pick. I would. That's the tight end for the future. He's, contract year, he's contract sneak, year. That's what I'm worried sneaky about. Sneaky young Doug Peters. Doug Peterson loves his tight ends. Like yes, Evan yes. Ingram could eat for a long time in Jacksonville. And if I'm him, I'm looking at no state income tax as a huge catalyst to maybe take a little bit less, stay in Florida, stay with Trevor Lawrence, the golden boy, and maybe win the yeah. Super Bowl in the next 10 years, like, or five years. I'm, I'm staying to find him. I'm taking a little bit less 
And I'm I want to extend. I would extend him if I were Jacksonville. Well, that's that's a fair outcome for me. It's I'm not going to franchise tag him. It's really, what my opinion comes yeah, down okay, to. Fair if I had the choice between tagging or letting him go, I'm gonna I'm gonna let him go. But yeah, if they can get him on an extension, that makes sense. You absolutely do that. Uh, the next few guys are defensive and Jordan Poyer, the two safeties, Jesse Bates from Cincinnati from Buffalo. For me, if I'm Cincy, I'll let Jesse Bates walk. Uh, he didn't have a fantastic year last right. year. You drafted Dax Hill to take over for him. If I'm the Bills with Jordan Poyer, though, I do put the tag on him if I have to. Like you said, the Bills have good players. They have to keep those players together and try to find a way with all the issues that the Bills had at safety last year. I just don't think that's what you want to do. So I would tag Poyer if I'm the Bills. I'd let Jesse Bates go um, if you're not able to work out an extension. But I think it may be hard to work out an extension with Jesse Bates because his representation has some history with the Bengals, and I, I think it may be hard for them to navigate those waters. So I'd let Jesse Bates walk, but I would tag Jordan Poyer. We're going to start to see the collateral damage of the contract that Joe Burrow hasn't gotten yet. Yes, and that's correct. and Jesse Bates. So this is what it's going to be now. Jordan Poyer, I would I would keep him because the defense is going to be in flux, and they need to keep everything like nobody move, everybody stay. Let's right. talk about this. Let's try and work this out. Tag him, get him an extension, backload it if you have to, to counterbalance mm -hmm. whatever Josh Allen's contractual structure is with guaranteed money and cap hits. Like Jordan Poirier, even though he's had injury concerns, they need as many, what I call the Arizona Cardinals, Lockdown Cardinals, is pillars on the defense. Mm -hmm. They need set-and-forget guys. Yeah. And Jordan Poyer is one of the biggest set-and-forget safeties in the NFL when he's healthy. With Jesse mm -hmm. Bates, let's see how much he wants to be a Bengal and, and – and, have a journey to win a Super Bowl. Because if he wants that big payday, as you mentioned with the history, I didn't know much about the history. I'm not as close with the, the Bengals as, as as you are. You're kind of a looky-loo always with the Bengals because you see yeah. Joe Burrow is the next great thing. And, you know, it's all I hear about down here. Well on his way to be right. Yeah, especially where you live. Um, if I'm Jesse Bates, I'm, I'm making a decision. Do I want to get that big payday and go play for Cleveland or, you know, Houston or, you know, whatever? Or right, right. do I stay in Cincinnati let it ride, and then you can have a conversation whether you want to tag him or extend him and maybe have a little bit less guaranteed money to allow him to fit in the puzzle before Joe Burrow, Hurricane Burrow, comes in and wrecks the cap. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch all this stuff play out. And, of course, they have until March the 7th to figure out what these teams want to do. We already saw Deron Payne in Washington is going to get the franchise tag, so good for him. Another guy who's kind of up in the air is – is Tony Pollard, but with the injury, that's pretty murky right there. But that's going to do it for us today on a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Be back with you guys on Friday. Chris Carter and your boy Q are going to be breaking down all the latest in the NFL. Make sure that you get subscribed and stay subscribed to make the Locked On NFL Podcast your first listen every day. That's going to do it for me, Tyler Rowland, and my co-host, Alex Clancy. Everybody stay safe. Take care of yourself. Bye.